2: Welcome to the West Hundred Sport QBR podcast. I'm joined uh, here by Ben Kosky. who smashed open our breaking case emergency jar. And here's Ben. Welcome back, Ben. And, Thanks, uh, dude. Nice. We have it's former it's QBR striker Kevin Gallen, fresh back from a trip to Germany. So, first things first, gents, um, a one all draw with Swansea last Saturday. Again, QBR really should have won this free very presentable chances to see off a um, solid um, but largely unadventurous Swansea side. Um, I know you are at the game, Ben, so I'll come to you first. What was your take on the, A, the performance and uh, B, where you see QPR at the moment? Well,
1: I think uh, with, with regard to the performance, I felt there was a lot of similarities really to the, the previous home game against Sheffield United. Um because ultimately it's it's a game that probably should have uh, managed to win. Uh, and, and just towards the end of the game in that last half hour or so, you, you, you got the feeling Swansea are, are going to press strongly and, and and potentially get an equaliser, which, which is, of course, what happened. But um, I think if you look at the first hour or so, it was, it was very positive stuff, really. Um, I felt Jamal Lowe certainly fitted in nicely um, brought something a bit different to, to the attack um Lyndon Dykes for me um generally I thought linked well with him and there was certainly uh, a bit of a drop once once he went off um I felt towards the end I, th- I think it was a case of perhaps sitting a bit too deep um, inviting pressure and and, and then we've ended up conceding which, uh, which which did look likely at, at that point so um you know depends as always how how you look at a draw do you, do you see it as a as a point gained or or two dropped i think this one probably they will look at as uh, as two dropped and uh, yeah where where you see the the situation at the moment i, I guess you look at the league table um it's quite packed in the, in that center isn't it but they look very solidly mid table at the moment uh, i think the thing that, that obviously you have to add on to that is that it is so close Anyone that's in that bunch with a good run can still
2: challenge for the top six as well. Okay, now the Dykes went off with uh, an illness um, early in the second half and Rangers, I felt, sort of lost their shape a bit and sort of didn't really cope when he wasn't on the field, just that link-up play and the fact that he could occupy centre-halves. Now, we know that um, Millwall... Made a bid for Dykes, um, which was turned down by QPR. Um, although he's not a player that scores that many goals, he—I thought him not being there showed sort of his importance to the team. But um, I mean, where do you stand on this, Kev? I mean, we, we've seen Man United have gone out and signed, you know, about Weghorst on loan, who's for me a very un-Man United type player. But there's sort of comments I've read in the paper today from um, Ten Hag and various others about the importance of a big man to occupy the strikers and the space it creates. I mean, is there a, with Dykes, although he doesn't score that many, do you think that he still plays an important role in the team and do you think that type of striker there's a, is coming back in vogue? Uh,
3: yeah, I understand what you're saying about the, the big sort of centre-forward Dykes type who tries to occupy it. Look, one thing, it's, it's a tough gig, the lone striker role. Because, one, I've said it probably loads of times on here in the past year, it's a tough gig because, one, you're expected to score goals. That's not, two, you've got to hold the ball up, link the play. Three, you've got to occupy the two centre-halves. And they're the main reason. And that's a, that's a tough gig because you're doing all that, you're holding the ball up, you're laying it, and then you've got to get in the box and score. So, And then the two sort of like wingers, are they wingers? They're not, they're like The new style uh, wide men are more... They come in from out to in instead of going down the line and putting crosses in. So to play for QPR is a tough is a tough gig for the uh, centre forward because don't really get I don't really we don't really put the ball in the box early and quickly and that would probably be the best thing for Dykes for his style of play of um, having early balls coming down from wingers where our wingers sort of come inside and have a shot or you know link. So it is a tough gig. Uh, Are they in vogue? I I think there's always a place for a big centre-forward in any squad. You have to have options. And also, we need another striker as a backup. Because if Dykes does get injured or gets ill or whatever... and I wasn't at the game against Swansea, but everyone I spoke to said as soon as he came off, QPR lost a little bit of shape. and, And we were a poorer team when he came off. So... We need. Uh, I'll go back to it. We need. A, we need to get in the transfer market and get another striker. I think just because you, you, the, the team needs backup, because if Dykes does get injured, who, who's going to be that um, that big centre forward? Who's going to hold the ball and link the play up?
2: Yeah, I mean, he, predominantly in his QPR career, he has played up front on his own. He did have his sort of best run of success when he played up top with Charlie Austin. Um, two, well, last season, season before last. Um I mean, the move for Jamal Lowe's goal was a great move. It was through the middle, good link-up play between Roberts, Dykes, and Jamal Lowe, putting a, a fine finish. But you think now, if Rangers were to sort of sell in now, is it a danger of well, he's playing up top with someone else? This perhaps could be a, a kind of chance for him to you know show better form in front of goal.
3: I don't, I don't think unless they've got a, a, a straight away. If Dykes leaves, they have to have someone in place to sign straight away because Ben said it a minute ago. Oh, are we four points off the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, with four, you put a good run. If you've got ambitions or trying to get into the playoffs, you don't sell your strike. Your only striker. I mean, he's the only real number nine. I mean, Jamal Lowe is not for me. Very good player. Will run and he sort of he's like, he ain't a number nine where. He, he stands mm. up there, backs into the defenders, and try and link the play up. So you you don't sell, you don't unless you have a ready-made replacement. But I, I've been saying they need, if they were to sell Dykes, they'd need to get two strikers in. For me, mm. they need another striker. If keep Dykes, they need another striker as well mm. of that type to help, to help the help team. I mean, was it we won one game in <clears throat> in twelve? Is that right? One game in twelve, Yeah. and we're still four points off mm. playoff. You turn those draws into wins, and you're in the playoffs. It's all to play for, so you don't sell. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and
0: luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slots. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Players, unless you got ready made replacement. Yeah. Well,
2: some team news we had in this morning. Ethan Laird looks unlikely to play um, against Hull. He, but the good news is that the hamstring injury he sustained early in the Late in the first half on Saturday, doesn't look serious. So um, Neil Critchley did say this morning that you know that they're, they're kind of hopeful that he could be back for next week, or if not the uh, the midweeker against um, I think Sunderland next week, the week after next. Um, but then we, you know, we sort of roll into on Tuesday. We have the um, the closure of the transfer deadline window. Um, it doesn't, by the sounds of it, look like there's much imminent at the moment happening. But you know all that can change on a at the last minute, as it often does at QPR. But um but Kev, I'm just wondering, from a, a kind of a player's perspective, what what transfer deadline sort of forty eight hours like? Because there are players like George Thomas who's looks desperate to leave, but he's he's not he's not fit at the moment, and sort of other players on the peripheries. Have you been in that position where you're kind of? you're looking at the window and trying to get out from somewhere.
3: Yeah. yeah start, it, what's it like? It did happen to me, yeah. Uh, when I left to go to Plymouth on loan, it was sort of, you are not in the plans or this, that and the other. Um, there is a few players, I would say, at QPR, who the manager would like to probably uh, unload and and probably get replaced. I mean, there's George Thomas, I think your favourite, Nico, Ian, uh, Nico Hamlin, I mean, the problem is not a problem. Is a problem. Does anyone want them for for starters? There's there's so many scenarios in um, transfers and this and the other. One, does anyone want to sign you? Two, do you want to leave or do you want to just sit back and chill? Not chill out, but got good wages, no real pressure, and uh, three, there's not money involved. Are they going to take over your contract? So there's there's so many scenarios in um, in transfer dealings, and then like you said on Tuesday, and then it's a bit of a panic. So if you sell someone, you, you're trying to bring someone in. It's like a domino effect. Well, we offload him, then we can buy him, and then you. Can, it, it just all goes around. Do you know what I mean? We we sell him, we get the money to buy him, and it all goes around in like a in a roundabout. So very uh, sort of difficult times for. You know, players who feel that they've not really got a future at the club, so they will be trying to get out. But you, like to George Thomas, if you're injured, it's, it's even tougher because no one is really going to sign up a player who's injured. They want if you're going to get a signing, they come straight in and, and and play. So it's a tough, tough few days coming up for everyone. Is it, often, is it often in that position for players where you're
2: told you're not part of the plan, and but it's almost down to the player to find someone that will take him. You know the agents, the players themselves, trying to just find out. Or do the club, other clubs, largely quite good at sort of trying to find somewhere for you to go on loan.
3: I think sometimes they. I mean, sometimes they put out a fax and sent to all all clubs that. And unfortunately, I was <laughs> was that loot, a fax went out, and my name, it was my face was on it. It was like, uh, I thought it was Crime Stoppers. This <laughs> this man can go. And my brother was at Millwall at the time and he went, uh, Kevin, I, we just had a fax from Luton and uh, your face is on that, and you're available for transfer. I went, really? So I've gone steamed in straight into the manager. What's all this? I've got a picture of it. What's all this about? Didn't even tell us. There was three players and I was one of them. So, yeah, it's, there's you know, there's a lot of talk and and sometimes the players are not... In the, they don't know what's going on behind their back. The manager might to your face go, "Yeah, we we really like you. We wanted you to stay." And the next thing he's sending a fax behind your back that he, he wants you out. So that those things happen as well. Yeah. So it is literally a transfer list then that does exist. A list. There is. There will be a list, and everyone will talk in there. And this, yeah, there will be an agents. Obviously, we're talking. They'll be ringing up. They'll have relationships with clubs. So, i.e., if George Thomas, then the agent might be saying uh, a club might say, "I need a." a midfielder attacking midfielder. And then I said, well, I've got George Thomas. It looks like he's wants to leave QPR on his surplus to requirements. And it goes, it goes on like that. So many scenarios. Hmm. And Ben, I know you're a huge fan of the
2: the transfer window. Um, Do you, you, um, what do you think? Do you think QPR need to, you know, make many changes to what they have in the squad? I mean, Stephanie Hansen played 60 minutes in the reserves in the week. And there are players like, um, Tyler Richards now sort of showing they are sort of edging towards full fitness. Do you think there's much that needs doing?
1: You, you know, uh, Ian, I always think less is more um, when it comes to transfers um, or quality over quantity, however you want to put it. Um, I think that to me if QPR are looking to do anything in terms of recruiting someone to come in, I think the thing that would concern me most, and, and Kev has already spoken about the need for another option up front, the thing that concerns me most uh, at the moment is what is the plan B if uh, Kenneth Powell gets injured? Mm. Because I don't see an obvious backup at, at left back. Um, I imagine what would happen is one of the centre backs would, would be moved out there, maybe Clark Salter left footed, maybe Jimmy Dunn, but I'm not sure that would be either of those. An, an ideal scenario if you're you know just say for example talking about someone having to fill in for maybe two months or or something like that um so for me that would be the area that i'd be thinking can can we do something but of course we've just been speaking about you know the situation of players leaving the club and i think a lot of fans perhaps don't realize that that there is not quite a one-in-one-out situation but when you've got a tight budget it is almost the case that if if you're looking to get someone in, you've got to get someone off the books first. Um, We saw that, I think, earlier in the window with um, Jamal Lowe coming in, albeit on loan, but first you've got to sort out Macaulay Bond's contract and get him off the books. So, I think what, what I would say is, it'd be a big surprise if there was huge activity between now and Tuesday, but for me, that would be the area I would be most concerned about is is what happens uh, in terms of backup to Kenneth Powell or competition for Kenneth Powell at left back,
2: however you want to look at it. Hmm. I mean, Rangers, they're in a, they're in a bit of a I guess uh, a weird situation really because they're four points off the playoffs. Um, they're not losing regularly; they're just not winning. They're just sort of picking up these annoying draws. Um, but you've only got to look back to two years ago when Mark Warburton was really under pressure and I think they were fourth bottom in January and they went on an amazing run and they finished, what, ninth? Um, and it just shows what can be done in the second half of the season. But um, I, I do think there's, there is a kind of an argument that a player can come in and maybe Jamal Lowe is that that, that player, just to kind of lift the place and sort of add some energy and excitement to to the forwards, like like Charlie Austin did, like Stephanie Johansson did when they came in. Um, but I, I really think Johansson coming back to fitness is almost, is huge. I think he's such a good player. I think he's really important to this QPR team. And, you know, he's been out for over three months and, you know, he almost will feel like a new signing when he does come back in. Uh, yeah, no,
3: yeah, what, what actually was his injury? Because He had a
2: heel injury. Yeah, okay. So it's one of the annoying ones where it's not muscular and it's not, but it's just, one of those ones you can't shake off and there's not really much they can do with it. Time. You just gotta let it heal. You let the heel heal. That, that pun. Um, yeah. the pun. um so yes yeah, so I think him coming back is I mean it's no surprise really when when he has been fit Rangers throughout his time at QPR have been when he's fit and playing well Rangers are a much better team. They fell away last season when he was sort of not full fitness and struggling a bit and you know, when he was the start of the season, they got such a good start. And he was, you know, front and center of that, um, you know, alongside Willock in chair. So I think him coming back is, is a really big, big thing for QPR.
0: Um, so let, let's have a Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Look towards the game at Hull tomorrow. Um, I shall be going up there. Um, Hold the front page. There are trains going, so I shall be on a on a train to Hull, instead of having to drive up, which is a uh, you know hugely exciting. Um, but Hull, they're a team that you know they're, they're 16th in the table. They they got absolutely waxed by QPR in the season. looked a very poor sides. Um, Sacked their manager not long after. Brought in uh, Liam Rossinia, who uh, was someone that was high on QPR's list when Mick Hill was being interviewed. There was a um, I think he was on the short list to to come in. He he um largely considered to be behind the brainchild behind Derby's sort of almost miracle survival last year. I know Wayne Rooney gets all the all the credit, but there's I think the people up there in Derby that you know Liam Rosinia was, you know, very much part of it. But you know, they're a glad they're spending some money. I think they're signing Carl Darlow, the Newcastle goalie on loan, and they're looking at Harry Toffolo, who um, was one of the 4,000 players in the Forest signs in, in the summer. Uh, surprise, surprise, he's surplus to requirements at the city Ground, so They're trying to get him in. So they, they've got a bit of money to spend, but they're sort of in that sort of limbo. They're not going to go down. They're not going to go up. But I don't think they've won at home for a good while this season. How do you see this game going, Kev?
3: Tough game. Yeah. <clears throat> um... You know, it's not always. It's not. It's a hard one going up to Hull. It's not easy. Uh, I mean, when you just said that stat, first thing that comes to my mind was they haven't won at home for ages, and I'm the first thing I'm thinking is it going to be? Are we going to do our usual and be the ones to succumb to their first victory? I hope not. Um, very tough game. I, I did say last week it would be a draw, one-one. I got that correct. I think for the first time ever. Stop, um, all
2: right. Stop clock, right twice a day, and all that.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go for it again. Uh, I think another. I think we'll get a draw. Um, like we've been talking about, we look we look pretty good, but with these annoying uh, draws, we've got talent up front. I think we're going back to like the transfer situation. I was just thinking there when you were talking that like, we're a bit overloaded in midfield with wide players. And Ben said if Kenneth Powell does get injured, that you know plan B for that. Isn't isn't good enough at the moment with Nico. I'm also fearful when Led is injured for too long that we haven't got suitable again. So they really really need to get a fullback in. I think in the, in the January uh, in the next few days in this transfer window because um, I mean, someone said we mentioned maybe Jimmy Dun playing left back. No, I can't see that. Not for me. And I, I know he's a good defender, but he's a centre half. And, it yeah. wouldn't be fair on him or the team mm. to put it left back. So uh, back to the game. I think it's going to be a tough game. I'm going to go 1 1. But QPR, I believe, have got better players than Hull. And if they if they produce and pr- prove it, they'll win. But it's just a tough game 1 1.
2: Yeah. They're pretty weak defensively. Hull have let in a lot of goals this season. Um, that's where I, I think Rangers can get something out of this. Because of that, um, be interesting to see if Chris Willett plays. He didn't play, he didn't start against um, against Swansea, um, but came on. But he, he does have a really good record against Hull. He scored up at um, against them last season up there. The game, Rangers won 3 0. And in the free 1 at home early in the season, he scored an absolutely fantastic goal. We rewind to back to that game. Um, yeah, Ben, I mean. Where do you see this game going? Well, look, it's been a while since, since I've
1: been on here, so so I've got to project some positivity, I think. Um, and as, as you've said, Hull struggled at home. Um, it, it's interesting, I mean, going back to that, that home, that, that game at Loftus Road earlier in the season, I seem to remember Hull has actually started really well um, and uh, the uh, Colombian guy up front had, had knocked in quite a few goals early on. He seems to have gone off the boil, uh, dare I say. Um, and and they have they have struggled. So um, I, I think sooner or later, Rangers are doing a lot of good things. They're they just at the moment not putting it together over 90 minutes. And sooner or later, I think they are going to put it together over 90 minutes. And, uh, and I think pretty good record against Hull. I see
2: that continuing. I think they're going to win 2-1. Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think um, I do think, I mean, I remember a game at Bristol City last year where Bristol City hadn't won at home forever and ever, and Rangers sort of, you know, won up there. So I'm not too concerned about that stat, about them not winning for ages. Maybe I should be. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, they were pretty good against Reading, found themselves tuned down, but I thought they played well. Sheffield United game much the same, Swansea much the same, um, you know, and they're excellent against uh, against Preston and Critchley's first game. So I, I don't think they're that far away. I really don't. Um, and you kind of think it's going to kind of come together at some stage. Um, if you can get the early goal, silence the silence the home crowd. Yeah, I think Rangers will win this. I, th- I think Rangers are going to win it. Um, I'm going to go two 0 yeah, that's what I'm going for. But I, I do, I do agree with you on, on on the fullbacks, though. I think, um, I think almost. Do you think it's almost more important to get a fullback in than than a striker? Uh
3: yes, yeah, probably. I think that it would be. It's because because Pal and uh, Led they have been pretty much. Both of them probably player of the season so far. Well, up there, do you know what I mean? I mean, we look at the start of the season. If he would have carried on his form, he would have he would have won. He would have been clearing for uh, clear away with it. But um, Pal and uh, Laird have been very consistent this season, and they're very key to the way mm-hmm. we are play. I mean, Laird is you know we talk about the wingers um, coming inside. He's basically our winger going on the outside, and he's the fullback. So. Uh, I think we need cover. I know it's a, I said a hybrid type sort of who could play left. that would be ideal is someone who yeah. could play left and right back. But, uh, it's can it's we get fun. Angel Rangel out of retirement perhaps. Yeah. yeah. But you, yeah. You, you're going to have, a, it'll have to be someone from like a, an academy loan player, but mm. I, I don't know. Are we, are we full up with our loans? or.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. I think they're full up on the loans. I mean, unless they can turn one of those
3: loans into a permanent yeah, so that's the, the problem. That's so they, are, but let's be, let's. They've got to get a full-back in anyway. They've got to sign someone because Leeds yeah. going, we'll be going back. They need. I mean, this we've been talking about this for over a year now. They need. Yeah. They need some. They need some players uh, in the fullback area, and a striker. Mm. We're very overloaded with midfielders and attacking midfielders. We have really only got one centre forward, and one fullback who's ours.
2: Yeah, I do, do think they've think
3: got... to play week in, week out in the Championship.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree. I think it is more important to get a fullback in. I think you've got... You've brought in Lowe. That's a striker that's better than what you had. You've still got Tyler Roberts. He's fit and scoring. He played very well, actually, on, on I thought, against Swansea, Tyler Roberts. I thought it was his best game at QBR. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Cher and Willock. So, there's no shortage of a, a, attacking options there. Um... But I do think, I mean, Kenneth Powell's been outstanding. I think he's been a revelation since they've signed him. He, had a, he didn't have the best of starts the first couple of games. He looked maybe he wasn't the answer. But since he's sort of found his feet, he's he's really. And I always look at fullbacks, and if you don't notice the fullback, you know he's a good player. You know, he's very efficient. He doesn't really get caught out. He can go forward. He can defend. He's good in the air. He's just, um, dare I say it, there's a, there's a bit of Clive Wilson about him, just very very composed, very... Well,
1: Let's um, let, let, let see him take a penalty first before we, we make those uh, kind of predictions. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, okay. Thank you very much for joining us, gents. And um, join us again next week for another West London Sport QBR podcast. Um, if you're watching this, like and subscribe. And um, we shall see you soon.